I'm Alex Del Sordo. I'm Alex Del Sordo. I'm Alex Del Sordo, and we have we have just Eddie. It's Teddy Sauer. Needed to France. Eric Marie. It's Mahi Drysdale. It is Sir Matthew Vincent. Thank you for being here. I'm Alex Del Sordo, Rowers Choice, and uh, this is 108. Yes, it is a podcast, and uh, I was. I don't know anything about this dude. Now, here's the thing. I do know people that know him. So I shot a text earlier in the day and I said, hey, give me the skinny on this guy. Tell me who he is. And this is no joke. A coach that has won the national championship and coached a world's team to victory said, quote, I think he's the best junior sculling coach in the country. Wow. That says a lot. This is James Long Lerno, the executive director of Newport Sea Base, and he's a Cal Bear. So there's going to be a lot to talk about with this guy over the next hour. We're going to get to know who he is, what he, where did he find rowing, and then we're going to get into, like I've been doing all fall, uh, a very specific topic, and we're going to be talking about sculling and training and coaching, and maybe how do we get the U.S. at a higher level? James, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I love it. We have simple words. <laughs> so, James, uh, like I said in the intro here, I don't know anything about you, right? But I ask the same question every single time. How old were you and where were you when you took that first stroke? Um, I believe I was a sophomore um, and I was at Long Beach Junior Crew. And uh, like most people, just a good friend was like, hey, come out and try rowing. You're tall, you're lanky, skinny. This is probably a good fit for you. Uh, and I think I broke my clavicle wrestling with some friends like a week later. So that ended my career right away. Uh, and then I came back for real uh, my junior year and tried it out. Wow. Now, Long Beach, you're like, what year was this? Ooh, 2004, five. I graduated in 06. You graduated high school in 2006. Yeah. Wow. I am older than you. You're Love it. You see a little. Okay. Long Beach Juniors. Um, you know, it's funny. So we grew up same era, right? Now, I didn't know much about West Coast rowing at all. Like I, I knew, you always know about California. You always knew about Washington. But on the junior level, it was a pretty quiet territory in the early 2000s. Was there a lot of success going on at Long Beach when you were there in 05, 06? Uh, not really. Uh, no, we'd had a few small boats who were pretty good uh, a couple of times. Uh, our girls team had had a few small boats as well. A uh, few kids who'd done the junior team, but not too much. Um, it was actually the year after I graduated, I think the women's eight won junior nationals. Oh, wow. Um, and then that was kind of what started, you know, that's when our region started getting a lot faster, a lot quicker. Now, uh, so you said you broke your clavicle. You also said you're lanky and tall. Like, so uh, what, are your, what are your numbers? How big are you? Uh, nowadays, I'm six foot six and uh, probably too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm in, I'm in the 230s right now. Uh, when I was training, I was always a really skinny kid. So I got to six foot six at about 160 pounds. Whoa! Yeah, I was I was a skinny, skinny guy eating everything and anything. At one point, I was doing about twelve thousand calories a day, and couldn't put on a pound. It was miserable. Oh. Was huge, huge weight gainer shakes plus meals, like three shakes a day plus massive meals and snacking, and it didn't happen. And then just bit by bit, I got a little bit, a little bit thicker, a little bit thicker. Uh, and and through my training days, I was about one ninety five, maybe two hundred. I mean, that's still kind of small for a six foot six, six guy. I mean, I would think muscle, you're 215, pretty, pretty easy, but that's, that's a huge, that's a huge would difference. Have, would have loved to be there. I was working towards it. <laughs> I think uh, after I stopped growing, I kind of actually started to grow. I kind of wish I'd been training at that point. That's made a big difference. So six foot six, Long Beach, you, you graduate in 06, and then you decide to not go very far. You go to Cal. Why, why, yeah. why go to Cal? What was the draw there? Well, I didn't go to Cal. I uh, I went to Orange Coast College. With the Orange Coast wow. uh, Yeah, I had actually started the recruiting process in high school, and then I had a lot of back pain, and I was trying to figure out what the heck was going on, a uh, bunch of doctor's visits, and I was eventually diagnosed with something called Sherman's disease, I guess, if I'm remembering that correctly. 
okay. where like my discs were hardening and turning into wet shapes. And I was told I couldn't continue rowing and that sucked. And then, uh, and then about like midway through spring, you know, all college door options are shut. You know, we're not going to get recruited. Uh, my, my coach's trainer from when he was on the national team was like, let me take a picture, uh, take a look at his back. And uh, he gets my x-rays, gets my scans and sends back just in circles on the x-rays. I have three like really nastily broken ribs. That's like so clear and easy to see. Like two of them were like completely offset um, from each other. And it was like, there's your problem. It was like right off the spine, right? And so it's like, well, two of them are literally stacked on top of each other broken. The third one was just kind of sheared and had kept the tips together. Um, And so that got that healed up. And then went to Orange Coast College, uh, and that was 0708. And okay, that was so, kind of where I actually figured out rowing. All right, so Orange Coast, it's so funny. Mm-hmm. So I graduated from GW in 08. Orange Coast, there was a lot of chatter about that college. I mean, there was a lot of speed that was there. And I mean, I was always told it was a feeder school to Harvard or feeder school to somewhere else. I mean, what, what, kind, of, what kind of energy was going on at Orange Coast in those 2000s? Uh, that was, yeah, that was my, uh, my year 2008 when we graduated and it was a great program. Um, a lot of, you know, they call themselves or ourselves the giant killers, uh, cause it's always been a two-year program and you're going up against four-year institutions. Uh, and when I was there, it was very much just learn to outrow your competition because you're not going to be able to outpull them. Um, and so we spent a lot of time, you know, the doc box was king. And then extra steady state on top of practice was was king. And uh, Larry Moore was our coach, uh, the varsity coach at the time, and the, the freshman coaches. Uh, we had Pat, uh, Matt, and Danny, and uh, they were just a great group of guys who got a really good group of freshmen in in 07. Uh, we were, you know, just a bunch of pretty great athletes who all kind of fell into it, loved it. Uh, we just wanted to go as fast as we could all the time. And uh, it worked out pretty well. We got to go to the, we were the last coast cruise to be able to go to the IRA before the, the rules changed. So in what 07, did you guys, we what did you guys do? Uh, 07 as freshmen, we got ninth, I believe. Yeah, ninth. Um, and then we went back as sophomores and we got fifth. Um, at, at, but we were racing as a JV crew. You're, you, were fifth in the J, you were fifth in the, in the JV8 for, yeah. uh, okay. I mean, that's, that's spectacular. You got yeah, you get pretty proud cool. of those results. Yeah, it's great. It was a lot of fun. I love that you got you guys called yourselves the giant killers. That is yeah. badass. <laughs> I love I love that name. You kidding me? Yeah. yeah. So you go 0708, and it seemed like you were more of like a professional rower than you were a college student. Is that is that a fair thing to say? Because you're you're telling me the way you describe it is that's a lot of time you put into the into the oar. Well, at Coast, not as not nearly as much as at Cal. Uh, at Coast okay. was very much we had one practice a day in the morning, six days a week. Uh, we were highly encouraged to get in that extra steady state, and uh, our coach would just be at the gym on campus for like four hours a day every day. And he's like, "Just come see me," and he'd just be on the elliptical. And uh, the crews who took it seriously would uh, they'd meet him there and they'd get in that extra two by twenty a couple times a, a week. Yeah. Um, and then, and then just guys who enjoy being athletic. So we would be going you know, surfing or we'd love playing, uh, ultimate Frisbee. And so we just kept ourselves active all the time and then challenged ourselves to be as skillful as we could be with an oar, um, all the time and let the boat really move for us. That's wonderful. Now, now you go to, you go to Cal in 09, right? So the yep. following year you go to Cal, uh, yeah. Was that just like you just wanted to go there? I mean, you probably could have gone anywhere you wanted at this point in your career. Well, um, that was that 07 freshman crew from Cal, uh, which were just hugely dominant, um, unbelievable talent, um, you know, with Nareg and Brandon and Sean and, and just the, the whole group of guys, uh, Nicola. And we were told at the time from everyone we talked to that that was probably the best freshman class that had ever been recruited. Wow. And so for me, like I wanted to, like when I was at Coast, all I ever wanted to do was race Cal. I wanted to race that group. I wanted to go up those guys. Like when I was, you know, at home running, you know, getting an extra miles and I'd be thinking about we're going to race Cal and, and we never beat them. Uh, they, they handled us pretty, pretty easily. Uh, but so for me, it was like, that's the group that I want to be with. 
I want to be with those guys and I want to train against those guys. I want to compete against those guys and with those guys. Um, and so Steve, uh, Steve has a long history of recruiting guys from coast um, from his 10 years at Cal. And so he was still the head coach at the time when I was at coast and he recruited a few of us. Um, and then I showed up to uh, the coaching transition and, and Mike took over. Oh. Wow. Okay. So yeah, you're, you're with, you're with, the best you're the best guys in the country there like in, at Cal at that time uh did you guys win the national championship in that time frame like 2009 10 didn't you guys win we that won year? in 2010 yeah uh we huh. won 2010 we got uh second in 2009 uh yeah so we we had a, a pretty good run it was uh, basically Washington Stanford and Cal kind of trading places all of 09 um, and then Washington had that huge sprint at the IRA and rank one of the Potoma and came through um, to win it. And then in 2010, uh, we got to avenge ourselves and, and we won it. So, so you were in the varsity eight, you were in the varsity eight those two years, nope, right? Just, nope. just, just my senior year, my first year, uh, my first year, just, I basically started in the four B. Um, Mike made it very clear, like, got to get your erg score up if you're going to, if you're going to play with these big dogs. And so I kind of spent that first year just cranking away and, you know, I kind of had like a hit list in my head of like, all right, I know this guy's the next erg. And then, you know, four B worked my way through the four B worked my way through the three B. Um, and then when we pulled our six K test, I was basically put in the JV boat and then just kind of lived there that spring. Um, what kind of what kind of what kind of scores are you pulling? So this is interesting. You know, I, I I love to talk to like real athletes, right? You're like, you had this goal in mind, right? And it was slow and methodical, right? Oh seven, you didn't go to Cal, you went to R, and you're like, but I want to beat these guys. And then you get to Cal, and I know what it's like. I mean, I've been there. I've been on the team where I'm like bottom of the pack, and you're just going boom, go one at a time. So like, where were you in a two k six k at the start of that? endeavor to where you were when you were in the varsity eight um that's the really funny thing is as we had mike taney as a coach at cal and everyone's like you must have just had all the earth tests in the world but we didn't test all that much believe it or not um we we did a lot of you know 30 minute tests so i left orange coast college and i think i was 2029 on the earth for 6k um and i was a 616 for 2k um and then i got to cal and that was the, we only ever did one open 6K that whole year. We did rate cap 30 minutes all fall. We did a rate cap 6K and yeah. then we did one open 6K. Uh, and that, that one I pulled 1936 or 37. Um, and then that just basically put me in the JV crew at that point. Um, and I was able to live with those guys and train with those guys. And it was, it was awesome great amazing group of guys there too but just i mean you, when you get to that level you you've got national team people in the top three crews of these programs so it's, it's unbelievable talent everywhere everywhere uh, and it's you, it's, can't, you it's, can't slip up you got to be at 100 percent all the time yeah um, I mean, it's, that's a fun i mean because you know you, you don't get that you're not you're now an adult i mean you realize you don't realize then like you're never going to have that kind of energy around yeah. you ever again ever yeah. again i know and like you seek it, you know, as, as adults, we seek it. And uh, it's a, it's a blip. It becomes a blip, you know? Um, so then, so, okay. So what kind of, I'm just interested, like with, with Mike, like what was your rates for your 30 minute? Was it like a 22, 24 we rate start, cap? Like what were the I think the first year we started 20, maybe 22. And then every time we retested, we got to go up to. Um, and so we think the last one was at 26. And then my senior year, I think we didn't go any higher than 20 or 22. Um, and I think that was probably my best ever test was a 140 or 141 at the half hour of my senior year. Um, like at a 20, at a 2022, you did that. 2022, yeah. 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 Um, so that, that was probably my proudest erg because Mike was never happy. He always wanted to be better on the erg. Um, typical Orange Coast guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm interested. So, um, so I don't want to, I, I, forgive me for comparing, but I'm six foot three. 196 pounds and in college I was just about 192 and my best 2k ever was a 608 and I was so so proud of that and Greg Greg Meyer was my coach and we did 
a ton of testing. So we did the opposite of Tati. We, we did testing literally every week, an hour of power, 30 minute, two by 30, like 10 on eight, seven. And then we would do one 6K every other week for a test. Uh, and I went 2048. And that was like, a, that was phenomenal for me, or 1948, excuse me. That was like phenomenal. But you're a pretty big dude, right? I mean, you're, 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 you're six foot six. Was the weight the biggest factor for you? Because I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm a little lost on some of your ERG scores here. Not to put you down, I'm not putting you down. Like when I hear six there, foot six, there. I'm like, this guy yeah. should be going 1850 or 1910. Yeah. yeah. I, and maybe I would have later on. Um, cause, cause when I pulled those numbers, I was 190 pounds. Um, it was my senior year. I got up to about 195, 200. Um, but I also had uh, a lot of back issues. Um, I yeah. Was, going back to the ribs, right? So you had the ribs and you had like these, that, that weird, that weird moment, right? Well, I, I don't, yeah, that was, I don't, that never really turned anything. I did slip discs. Um, I slipped two discs my freshman year. Um, I did L4, L5, L5S1, the typical ones. Um, and then I cracked a vertebrae somewhere in there. And so I just had like constant, constant. How did you keep going? How did you? So, I mean, James, you, you must have this incredible work ethic because you slip these dicks, you, you got issues, you got the ribs, like what kept you motivated? What kept you going? Like after all those injuries? Um, I really just loved it. I loved it. Um, I love making boats go fast. I couldn't care less about the erg. Like I remember one time I, I pulled some some score and, and Mike was, you know, a little mad at me. And I like kind of snapped at him like, you know, I can roll up to my face and I can, you know, row it like that. But if you if I rode the boat like that, it's not going to go anywhere. It was like, you know, that's that's how I'm going to I'm going to row it that way, too. And and I loved racing. I loved competing. Um, and I wanted to just keep keep seeing where I could go. And, you know, it, it, whether it's healthy or not, you know, everyone's always like, you know, you're going to have a bad back as a rower. <laughs> so you're just like, all right, I, I have my badge, got my slip discs, I've broken <laughs> ribs, I've broken a vertebrae and my hips all out of place. And let's just keep going. Uh, and that's ultimately what made me decide to stop was the list of, yeah, I don't think I'm very durable, my body. <laughs> <laughs> so it keeps breaking down and I, I uh, yeah I, I appreciate that so you do you sue um did you ever try for the national team did you ever make it on the international or or, or big level at that point yeah ever? um after my junior year uh we had this weird really cool situation where my first year at Cal uh Tim McLaren had just taken over the senior team but he stayed at the CRC um and so the senior team was there and we had a lot of a lot of exposure with both steve uh and tim when they were there and so tim brought me on to the under 23s okay. um and and i'm sure mike mike and all them had a had a big hand in it as well um and i you know got my seat races got a chance uh, that year we prioritized the straight four because that was the first year of tim when the the idea was go to small boats and so the the Small scamp boat was the straight four at the, at the time. And so I made that boat. Um, and then we went off to uh, Richitza and we got silver. Okay. Um, wow. That was, a, that was a great boat. Um, really good guys. Uh, and then came back my senior year and I was training at Cal still. Tim was still at the center. So it was, was kind of good because as soon as racing stopped for Cal in the fall, um, Nar Gregian and I basically just went with Tim, anytime Cal had nerd practice, we would go to the go to back to the Cal Boathouse, the CRC, and just train with the senior team uh, <laughs> and a pair. It was, it was not too shabby. Uh, so we spent pretty much my winter training with them. Uh, when we went on holiday break, uh, Narg and I went down to Chula Vista, which is where the team moved at that point. Uh, spent our holiday break there before coming back up for our spring at Cal. Wow. Um, and then I graduated, and I had some decisions to make. Um, as to what I was going to do and where I was going to go. I called Tim up and Tim was like, well, I'd, I'd prefer you down here in Chula. Um, you know, and I was, I was actually engaged at the time, uh, my, my wife. And uh, she had a great job up in San Francisco. And so we were trying to figure out what's the best way to make this work because, you know, a national teamer is a nomad for quite a bit of what they do. Um, and so he's like, you can come down here. And then uh, Jeremy Ivy was still out at Oklahoma at the time. And he was like, hey, come out here. We'll set you up. 
um, we'll get you housing, we'll get your wife housing, we'll get her a job. Um, but it, it wasn't, you know, just like where I wanted to train. And then uh, Steve Gladstone was uh, trying to reset up the CRC at the time. So he took, uh, took me out to dinner, or it was lunch, took me and Candace, my wife out, and uh, I was like, hi, James, let's, uh, let's talk. Let's talk about this. Here's here's the list, and he slid a piece of paper over with the list of guys' names, and it was it was good people because there's still a lot of guys who are still in the Bay Area who hadn't uprooted yet. This and is I was so like this is, good, this is a good situation, um, and so I did that. I decided to stay at the CRC um, and keep training and uh, try to pick up a job, and uh, I, I ended up coaching at Marin, and I was training out of the CRC. And then uh, Steve went to Yale, so that kind of imploded. Yeah, uh, the, yeah. The day the day after I I sent, signed a, our our one year lease, they uh, that that news kind of hit, and so we're like, well, oh. we're here for a year. Um, and so I I ended up just you know, Tady gave me the keys to the CRC and was like, anytime you're training, you let us know, and I'll be out there whenever I can help uh, until we get you down into uh, get you out to Princeton or wherever we're gonna do with you. Um, and so I was set up and I was coaching at Marin and I actually got sponsored by San Francisco or CrossFit San Francisco with Kelly Starrett's team, um, Brian McKenzie and where Aaron Kafaro had trained. And, uh, I was just doing some training and, uh, picked up too heavy of a weight, I guess it wasn't too heavy. I was just not recovering. Um, and something happened in my back to this day. I still don't know what, uh, went up, hit the ground, uh, was stuck in the fetal position for quite a long time uh finally uncurled and uh it looked like i had a basketball on the side of my hip just swelled out like crazy and uh the funny thing is like if i take strokes it doesn't hurt that much it's just doing normal stuff hurts it like hell um and so yeah i spent the next six months trying to go from doctor to doctor to doctor and they kept they kept saying you know, like well you got slip discs that's your problem you got slip discs so like i've had slip discs forever and like well you got a hernia because i also had an inguinal hernia jesus um, and i was like well it's not that like like look at my x-rays like my hips are now like this and they weren't like this before like it's like almost a full inch and a quarter off from each other and can we address that and they're like well but you have slip discs okay so it was a very frustrating process and this uh, is so this is 2011 2012 right this is like yeah 2010 11 at that okay. uh, yeah, 11 to 12 yeah 11 to 12 that range okay now i'm 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 looking at like you're 34 years old right you're you're, you're 34 yeah. 35 yeah. yeah yeah you're like oh yeah 35 <laughs> wednesday uh-oh hey there we go look at you yeah. right. happy early birthday so uh-oh. um now your career is effectively over in training right so 2012 now you're an executive director of a pretty big rowing program on the West Coast. Oh, I wouldn't say that. I, I'm, oh, I'm working gonna say towards it. But. You're, you're going to get there. You're, you're going to get there. But I, so that's that's a that's a ten year gap, right? So ten years between that time when you hung up the oar to today. Like what what made you decide to stick to rowing as a career? Because clearly you've made this your focus, right? As a, as a as an adult, this is the path you're taking. Like when did you make that decision? Uh, well, I, like I said, I, I picked up a coaching job at Marin, uh, yep. went out and, and grabbed lunch with Graham and, uh, Sean Engel, who was in my cow boat had, had told Graham about me and said, you know, go grab him quote. He doesn't have a, a, a huge ego, so he'll, he'll work for you is what Graham said, uh, the, the quote was. And, uh, so we grabbed lunch and it, it was awesome and it worked out well because I was trying to train at the time. So I was coaching in the afternoons and I was, uh, bussing tables and then became a bar back in the city. Uh, and then in the mornings I was training at the CRC and then, you know, go into the city, do some work there, go over to Marin, start coaching. And I, I loved it. It was a great group. And, and to be fair, like probably the most spoiled first year of coaching anyone will ever have was that first year with Marin because those guys were just unbelievable. You know, when, when I came into coaching, I was like, if I ever coach, I don't want to coach high schoolers, but like, you know, I want to coach serious people, you know, and I walked into that Marin Boathouse and those guys, you know, were unbelievable. The, the work ethic they had was just top notch. You know, the only quote on the wall was ordinary work leads to extraordinary results. And just 
crazy, crazy good year. We won everything from, they set the Charles record. Um, they were the first crew to win the Charles and Nationals in the same year. We won pretty much every major event, every single boat class, um, sweep-wise, at championships. I think we brought- I said, you probably had- trophies. You guys had like six eights deep, didn't you? With the lightweights, the heavyweights, the varsity was like six. Wasn't it a huge squad? Not that year. We only had no. exactly three eights. Uh, we actually had one spare, one spare that year. The, late, lately, those big programs have about six, six eights guys. Um, on was, the uh, was, Andrew, was Andrew Lennox there in, at Marin at the time? No, no. He, he came after me. Um, okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah, he came after me. Um, and so we, yeah, we just had, a, um, yeah, it was a great time. Just great guys, uh, very focused. Graham had a very amazing system set up for success. And uh, after that, I got offered the USC job. Well, so to answer your question, actually, was during this year was when I got really hurt again, um, lifting, and had to kind of make a decision of like, what am I going to do? Do I want to keep going? And every time I saw Mike, he was like, you know, I got the best, got the best surgeon. Go see my guy. We'll get you back in a boat in two weeks. You'll be in Princeton. You know, one year with with Corzo, and, and you're winning gold. Okay, we'll see. But uh, but I had to really think about it. Like, do I want to pick up and play with my kids, or do I want to keep going down this path? Yeah. Um, and that that kind of became a really real thing for me. Um, and so at that point, I kind of decided to step away, really pursuing it and, and thinking like, if, if I can figure out what's going on and I can get healed and then maybe, maybe I can, I can try this again. Um, and so that, that process of me kind of giving up on that opportunity was happening at the same time I was coaching and I loved it, you know, watching these guys. And I, I think I, I told them at nationals that year that like, you know, this, this experience was almost cathartic maybe, but like, you know, you guys coaching you guys and being able to give you these opportunities and take my experience and watch you grow because rowing opened up everything for me. It gave me Cal, it, it introduced me to my wife, you know, it's this incredible special thing. And so if I can impart any of the experiences, any of the benefits that I've had in my life into these young people and give them an opportunity that they may have never had, then that's a pretty, pretty cool thing to do. Um, and that's, that's what got me into rowing. Um, and so uh, coaching. Yeah, no, I, I think it's, uh, it, I've been doing this a long time. It's the same, it's the same story, right? Like when man or woman doesn't matter when they decide to coach, it's, it's, it's the same reasoning, right? It's the same reason everyone, everyone coaches for the same reason, or, or they get into it because of the same thing. So you had a pretty, you got a pretty interesting career, right? So 2012, you make the decision to figure out how to make rowing a full-time job. I mean, like I, you, you, do you have kids right now, James? I got two. Yeah. Yeah. So you got, you got a lot of responsibilities, right? And you, and I, yeah, you're lucky enough to find a job that allows you to take care of a family, right? So when did you yeah. get the Newport job? What's that? The sea base job? The, yeah. So the, the, yeah. So the sea base, when did, when did all that come about? So I, uh, I, I came down from Marin to USC, actually, to coach the men, because I'm from Southern California. My wife is as well. And like you said, you know, a career opportunity, you know, having some benefits uh, attached to everything like and, and coming home um, was a big thing. So we took that opportunity and that led to coaching juniors again, which I'm much more passionate about at the Newport Aquatic Center. Um, and then um, Seabase popped up as uh as the aquatic center ended and that was 2014 so it was a quick transition kind of boom 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 two years at usc um two years at, at newport aquatic center and then uh seabase started and at that time it was a vendor group who kind of came to the boy scouts uh who owned the newport seabase and said hey can we can we run this um and we did it. And so we started off like 12 kids. Uh, a lot of them were like coxswains from the NAC who wanted to row, who were just too small um, and didn't really have an opportunity. So we're like, let's come on over here. Let's, let's see if we can make you scrappy. Um, and, and, uh, and I simultaneously coached Orange Coast College that first year because Seabase was so small. 
that uh, I, I couldn't really pay the bills off of the one coaching gig. So I was doing double duty in the mornings and the afternoons, and that was when my first daughter was born. Oh, wow. um, and 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 from talking with you know Dave Grant at the time a lot through my year coaching at, at Coast, you know he was saying like make sure you're able to to be with your family, make sure you're able to be the father you want to be. And I loved coaching Coast, and I you know that's probably like a dream job. Like hey, my wife's always like let's get to a point where we can retire and you can just go volunteer coach at Coast, <laughs> um, which would be amazing. Uh, and uh, it was like I need to be able to be there for my family. Um, and, and my daughter, that was that year she was born. And so we we started up Sea Base and then I stopped um, stopped coaching at Coast. And then 2015, 16 was kind of when we had our, our somewhat breakout year. We had a great lightweight eight that year. Only 12 kids in the program, but they they did some pretty cool things. Um, and then in 2017, um, things kind of shifted. I I got to that point where it was like, can I take care of my family? Can I be the father and husband I want to be and coach? And that's a pretty hard thing to be able to do, especially in Southern California, mm -hmm. uh, where things are pretty expensive. And so uh, I actually left coaching um, for a year. So 2017, uh, awesome. after nationals, I left coaching um, and I went into the private sector and uh, it was great. I you know, made a made a bunch of money um, <laughs> and uh, then was uh, when the SoCal Scholars, Dan, uh, Dan McGill and Ian Simpson kind of came in to take over for me at the at the C-Base role because um, I was the head coach at the time. Uh, we were still a vendor to the Newport C-Base uh, and then during that year of transition, the people who owned the vendor group wanted to go expand into Lake Paris where originally was going to be where LA was going to be located. And so they wanted to move operations out there and start the program. And so kind of everything kind of fell apart at Seabase. Um, all, the, all the kids left, all the equipment left. And the Boy Scouts decided, you know what, this is actually something really cool. Uh, this is something really beneficial to kids. It's changing their lives. It, it fits with their mission. And they wanted to keep it going. Um, and so the 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 executive director of the C-Base at the time called me and asked me to come back and kind of restart the rowing program. So I, I came back and uh, we, we had three guys on the team uh, in 2018 when I came back. So probably tell me I'm pretty crazy for doing it, but we went for it. Um, and uh, we, we had a great staff with Dan and Ian, and then we got Lacey Shelton from, uh, from UCI, which was like the best walk-in hired ever and she's been with us ever since crushing it she's actually the one you should credit all the instagram and social media stuff for she's she's a rock star in that so i'm so hold on so hold on so i'm, I'm sorry just so 2017 <laughs> you go you go 180 you're like i'm out i'm seeing you know, see a rowing. Yeah. so where yeah. where, did you, where did you go what did you do in the process uh, I, I became an insurance agent uh, and i insurance sold, sold insurance yeah it was great <laughs> i loved it yeah Dude, Zach Everson, that's that's his uh you know, our guy here at Rower's Choice. That's his that's his bag, man. That's awesome. All right. Yeah. So, but then clearly something was drawing you like you were you were obviously like in the job, right? You were doing the job, but you always had rowing in the back of your mind because one year oh, later you yeah. tell me you're back in it again. Yeah, one year later, um, well, and, and the, the big difference was is the Boy Scouts took over. And so when I met with the director and I, you know, I sat down with him, it was like, okay, you know, what I jokingly call it a big kid job. You know, this is a salaried position. I have benefits. I have retirement because I'm working for the, the Orange County Council, the Boy Scouts. Got so it. all of the C-based employees are actually Boy Scout employees. Um, and that was the big change. So before it was like, you know, the contracted uh, employee and everything was on my own. And then I left and I got a taste of, of what, you know, the being a real employee felt like and, and how that was. And so I came back and I was like, okay, you know, real job. Okay. Like that was part of that. Like, and now I have benefits to take care of my kids. Now I have retirement. Now I have vacation time. Um, I can, I can kind of fulfill the roles that I want. Um, wow. Okay. Significantly so better. 
how about how about your wife? Like, so um, everyone, I mean, you said you met her through rowing, but yeah, like, so many marriages fall apart in our sport um, because <laughs> the person becomes obsessed more with the sport than with the significant other. So yes, um, she was clearly a big support system for you through yeah. all of this these decisions. 100%. Yeah, ten thousand percent. I'm actually stealing her office right now for this. Um, now, what, is, what does she do for a career? What does she do for a living? Uh, she is uh, the director of operations for a realty group. Oh, dude, so, so she's the breadwinner. <laughs> she's the <laughs> she flying off uh, I mean, we're we're pretty close. Oh, pretty yeah. close. But but ultimately, I, I mean, honestly, she she's the she's been she's been the, the rock, hundred percent. Uh, we, we, that is, we've oh. always been a team like through and through. So it was always like, if I'm going to carry the load at this point, you can kind of go pursue this and then I'll carry the load and you'll carry the load. And, and, and we're kind of now at a point where, you know, with me, move, me moving into the executive director of the C base and then she, she becoming this position. It's, it's kind of, yeah, hundred percent. Like in 10 years from now, she's like everything I could retire probably. Absolutely. Um, no, that's, that's it. You ride her we'll coattails. No. You ride them. You ride them until, and then you go coast, uh, coach exactly. in, uh, Orange Coast. Exactly. Really exactly. Cam all right. Well, so to coach your three D. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, I want to get in. We got we got a little bit more time left. I want to get into why this guy that I look up to a lot said, "You're probably the best junior coach, sculling coach in the country." Now, Newport Sea Base. I met some of your guys. I, I met some of your athletes. They're fast. You, 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 you guys prioritize the quads, the, the doubles. You guys, you guys are quick, right? Now, why would this guy say that? So you must have a vision. You must do something different than anyone else in the United States. And look, I just want to know what's, what do you, what, what do you got going? What are you cooking over there? What are you doing? I think he said that because he wants to put me on the spot. And he wants to poke me a little bit. Oh, um, oh. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know, you know, I, I take the approach to sculling, um, and, and I think people who truly know sculling will probably throw something at me. Um, you know, when I first started, when I left Cal and I was at the CRC and I, I kind of asked Mike for some suggestions, like, Hey, I'm going into this sculling thing. And, and he, uh, very colorfully said, you know, you'll be fine. You're a good oarsman. You know, it's, it's the same thing. You're just doing it two sticks instead of one. Um, and, and I've kind of always kept that same approach is, is that we're looking at, like, I, I kind of blend my orange coast tutelage with my cow because, because I, I really love Mike's approach of very simple movements, very simple approach. You build boat speed with power, you build boat speed first. Um, and then with orange coast college, you know, we have that opposite where we, we're not going to get the power that everyone else has because they have two years of training. Like, you heard it from from sophomore year to junior year. I went from like 20, 29 to a night, like over a minute faster on the six K. Yeah. Yeah. One year. So just horsepower alone, you're gonna have to figure something out. And so we were very much, you know, with with Dave Grant and Larry Moore and all those guys just teaching us how to keep the boat running as well as possible, get out of the way. Um, and I think for up to a fault, like I lose some of the details of my coaching because I'm more just focused on that. Just get the boat to speed and then keep it there as best as possible. Um, and then my training is built around what I learned from Graham at, 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 um, at Marin, which is this very easy, systematic approach. He actually called me when he, he left to go to Brown. He was like, come take over. It's easy. The, 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 the formula is already there. You just got to keep it going. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and I love that about his approach. And so that's how, that's what I bring to my coaching. It's just, you know, I, I think about get the boat moving, get to the speed that is required uh, for that boat class, and then learn how to keep it there in, in whatever way possible. And, and everything, I feel like every year that approach changes from the style of training to the, the coaching to the technical approach. Wow. Every crew and every oarsman is different. You can't just keep that cookie cutter. I mean, maybe you can, but I don't have enough guys to just kind of plug in the guy that can figure it out. So so kind of have to adjust. But you didn't you didn't spend 20 years sculling like right I mean you spent your entire career sweeping so yeah what what tools what uh observations who did you talk to 
to gain some of that knowledge of sculling. Because I, yeah, sure, it's simple. Yes, it's two versus one, but there's a lot of nuances to a single, to a double, mm -hmm. a quad. The way, the way you race that is much different than the eight. So I'm just interested, like, what resources did you have to learn all that? Uh, well, I did a lot of reading um, all over everything. I love to consume knowledge. Um, and, and so I did a lot of that. And then I think nowadays with YouTube and podcasts and everything we have on the internet, there's so many resources out there that you can just go get yourself yeah. and learn and teach and apply that that's where a lot of it came from. And then when I'm around people, I, I try to pick their brains or at least I'm listening a lot, right? Like, you know, when I was in Bulgaria and Italy, I just love to listen to the other coaches and then like kind of every once in a while I'll throw something in there and, and you know, with, with Casey there, just unbelievable genius of everything rowing. I think you want to talk to someone about sculling in the U.S., you should get Casey on here. He can, he can tell you what's what. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's laying <laughs> He's a, he's a uh, air quote busy guy. Uh, uh -huh. He's, uh, he's no. a very busy guy. He, he is. Um, uh, all right. So you okay? I appreciate that. That's a pretty you know not a not a standard answer, but yeah. Okay. You consume knowledge. You listen. YouTube is an incredible resource for anybody. Um, so, but okay. So then, why is it just because you said numbers? Like you don't have a lot of numbers. You don't have a lot of guys at Newport. Is that the only reason you stuck to sculling? Because you primarily stick in the quad, the, the, in the men's double, I believe. Right? Uh, it's only, only, only the, the two slash three years we've been back. Because the first year we came back, we actually, uh, we prioritized the lightweight four. Because I, I had three guys and I got a fourth guy back. And then unfortunately, one of them got sick leading the championships. Like our priority was the four. And they were number one, I think, coming into champs. And then that guy got sick. So we ended up not qualifying for nationals. Oh, wow. Um, and like my B double qualified for nationals. Um, and I didn't go that year because that was my second daughter was born at nationals. Oh, um, way more. Year. Yeah, way a little, more. Little bit. It was actually, it was a pretty funny because they're, they're weighing in. The weighing window opens. I'm on the phone with them. My wife's going into labor. It was, it was a pretty funny story. Um, and yeah, and then we came back the next year and it was kind of like, all right, we're, we got a real team now. We had, I think, 16 guys exactly our second year back um, starting 2018 when the Boy Scouts took over and I started the fall every year the same which is as big of boats as possible bring you know so I always start in the eights the coxed fours bring as many people into the mix as possible so I can coach all of them so I can I can get uh, on hands-on with all of them and I can try to bring up as many people as possible um, and then they self-select, you know, they, they kind of, they're going to put in the work, they're going to try hard, they're not going to quit. And then from there, we start to focus. I try to, I try to push that back off until after the fall. Um, so our, our results are typically, you know, we're going to be in the eights. I don't think I, I think the first time we sculled last year, the race was Christmas Regatta, which is a fun little 800 meter sprint in Long Beach. Um, and, but we'd had the COVID year where, um, yeah where we as the boy scouts you know if it wasn't signed in blood we couldn't do it uh so we we were you know we were in the singles up until i think february or march march i believe um and i had the twins in their double because they could be in a double together and so they trained that from about february on and that's that's what took us to the nationals and the worlds the first time and then last year we we threw them together in that quad um and I mean, you won you won the quad you won yeah yeah, quad. yeah. yeah now, they were studs oh yeah i know i i remember standing next to them and be like <laughs> like you guys like unbelievable um yeah so okay let me let me ask you this um the the train of thought at least from what i where i sit right now is Training the eight, race the eight, build the program, make it 800 kids, get as many kids as you possibly can, make it a juggernaut. Chicago Rowing yeah. Foundation, Atlanta Juniors, you, Marin, you name it. Yeah. You go a little bit different route. And it's not a bad route, but you just focus on the quad. Um, is the future of C-Base to, to race the eight and compete in the eight? Or will you always sort of, as you put it, self-select? Will you always sort of let that happen in, in your program? No, the, the goal will be to grow, obviously. We want, you know, our, our mission statement from our company is to provide uh, a quality program to more kids. 
And that's always the goal is to grow and expand. Um, and so from uh, a C-based growing standpoint, we want to continue to do the same thing. Um, I just think that it's, like you said, those juggernauts of teams to compete in the eight, it's, it's a pretty simple formula. You've got a lot of bodies competing for eight slots. Um, and you can do that if you don't have a bunch of bodies, but you're going to have to have eight pretty spectacular individuals and a, a, a stud of a coxswain who can keep them focused and on, on sure. point. Uh, and, and I've done that before, and I know other programs, like you asked when I was coaching in Marin, we, we didn't have six eights, we had three eights. Um, and still three eights is, is still pretty good. Oh, yeah. um, it, it's really good. I would kill for that. Um, so we would, we would like to get there um to, to an extent so we could grow a bit um but until then it's going to be you know focus on the big and then find success where we can um until that happens until we're able to grow it up do you think um do you think so you know we just had the world championships and a day ago uh men's eight women's eight fourth right there's yeah. um across the board i didn't i think the women's lightweight double got silver i think that's the best place that us got out of the whole regatta um, you were over at Junior Worlds just uh, two months ago, right? A month yeah. and a half ago. How does the U.S. or should we even be concerned about ourselves racing at the elite level of sculling? Like, how how does the U.S. now that you're at the lowest level? Lowest level is high school, right? Train. You're at yeah. the lowest level of training, right? You're you're feeding our funnel. How do we get the U.S. at a premier level of sculling? I, I, it's hard because you have that combating. You want more kids in the sport or do you want to have less kids in the sport and you know casey galvanic said it best when he was like i can have 160 kids in my programs but they have to be in eights i can't do that with quads i have to limit my program to like 24 kids if they're going to be in quads and so if we want more people in the sport we, we're drifting towards the eights um, from a management standpoint you know you have you know, just in newport harbor going through COVID with the singles was a nightmare just trying to it was hurting cats out there trying to keep them going in the right direction and not hitting things and so I, I think from a business and just practicality standpoint if we want this sport to grow that's the easy way to do it um, but how do we get more people competing sculling is is a difficult question um, and I don't I don't have a great answer for you um, <laughs> You know, we have some smaller programs, but it, it comes down to, do we have the resources and the backing to, to back them up? Like, where are our best athletes? And are they, are they just getting plugged into an eight because they're a great athlete and learning to hammer it? Or are they learning to still move in a small boat? I think, uh, I think what you uh, answered for me is um, we shouldn't care. To be, to be frank, we should not care if we're fast in sculling events at the world level because our business is to get people in the boat, right? As you put it earlier, you said rowing open doors, it changed your life. And you, the reason you coach is to give that opportunity to other kids and other people in this sport, right? So I think I'm just going to stop asking that question of like, how do we win at the elite level? It's like, who cares? Let's just get more kids in the boat. And like you said, from a business and practical standpoint, you can't coach 800 singles. You got to coach seven eights you know what i mean you got that, that's way easier um uh, to do and the business that i'm in at rower's choice is get more people it's like get more people in the sport uh and be safe as you put it right you just said like be safe um how much did you enjoy coaching at that elite level this summer um this summer was actually pretty tough um it was actually the under 23s we did this summer but uh, both my boys got traded COVID back and forth. Uh, as soon as we got back from Florida, one of them got COVID. He was out for about a week and a half. Then as soon as he got back, his brother got COVID. And then as soon as he got back, his brother got COVID again. Um, yeah. And it was, it was, so it was a very tough, uh, very tough one coming out because they, they didn't have the same flow they had in the double before. They were still kind of trying to roll like a quad a little more upright, a little more attacking. Um, and, and so that was, that was tough. They didn't really put together any good pieces that were sustainable until about a week before we left for Italy. So that okay. was very hard. Um, I, I love the experience. Mostly just, I love being around those people. Um, you know, we have some of the best minds in rowing and this year's was awesome because it was a double world. So we had 
the juniors and the under 23s together in Italy. And so you had some of the best coaching talent from around the world uh, all right there in that little moment. And, and for me, it's fun because I get to see some of my old teammates that, you know, are off in other countries I never get to see anymore because you miss them. You don't, you know, and we all have lives and they're coaching Germany or Croatia or Serbia or, you know, whatever ends up being you're like it's it's a nice little get together again but just being around all those people for me is great um i think i wish that we'd been a little healthier and we've been able to prepare a little bit more um but i, I wasn't yeah, what was the end result what was the end result uh, they ended up getting um they got fifth in the b fifth in the b final um which was which is great um, I think it's one of the, it's like the third or fourth best we've ever done the men's light double with under 23s. Um, frustrating because of their illness, um, but also they're 18 years old. So they've got, you know, three more years that they can grow and get better and come back to that event. Um, and so they're, they're definitely the youngest crew racing there, which is cool uh, and exciting. Um, and, you know, whether or not they do it again next year, we're talking about like maybe take a, a summer off um and they've actually been they were they might go to constant shock and try for the light quad instead and then maybe come back the the year after the year after that to try the double again um and see if we can't see if we can't crack into those finals and get that oh. medal wow i love the i love the hunger right like you know fifth place <laughs> they're probably like okay you know COVID aside like not bad you know 11th in the world awesome and now they're like i want more i just i want to get there that's it's i love being around people like that just the it's a different level of energy man you know it's just it's it's exciting it's energizing um now like so last question um for you i mean so you're 34 two kids wife got a great job i mean it's do you see yourself as a career rower now? I mean, you had that blip in 2017 selling insurance, but I mean, is this, yeah. is this the future for James? Is this, you want to stay the course? It, it should be. Yeah, it should be. Um, there's no reason it can't be now. So I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've got a job that supports it. Uh, an organization who's behind the mission of, of growing rowing. Um, I, I am kind of stepped, I, I, I quote unquote, I'm a volunteer coach now because I'm the executive director of all of Seabase and I coach as well. Um, and so that started about uh, last December, but that allows me to be in a position where I'm kind of uh, able to make sure that we're in the right place to succeed uh, as much as much as possible. Well, you sure as hell uh, succeeded getting gold in the men's quad uh, at youth just four months ago. James, I've had a blast talking to you. I love I love that we're very similar in age. Uh, I love that we crossed paths at the IRAs back in 07, 08. You, you got an awesome career here. And uh, I'm excited to see what you guys do next year. Cause now you got to repeat. I mean, whatever you got to, you got to maybe take the wide quad cities uh, path and be like, you know, I'm going to try to win as many of these darn things as I can. Uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Man of Man of, uh, what's the word I want to look for? I'm trying, you're very humble and I appreciate that. That's pretty standard in rowing. Um, but everyone tuning in, this is episode 108 and we got to listen to a great story from James out there at Newport Seabase. If you want to learn more about them, there's going to be a link to their team all on our social media channels. And uh, go back and watch that quad grand final at Youths. I remember being there on the sidelines watching it at the finish line tower. And it was a hell of a race. Everyone tuning in, more from us next week. Thanks, James.